0: Welcome for another episode of the Biz Law Series here on Biz Radio and our great on-air partner, Michael Palermo, business lawyer. Um, Thank you again for all of the time you put into um, sharing a a behind-the-curtain kind of view and understanding about business law. You've done it for a long time um, through this radio series, which has been going for quite a while now, and also through your blog on your website. Very transparent and very informative. Thank you for that.
1: You're welcome. What what I do shouldn't be a mystery. If, if you don't understand it after I explain it, that, then that's a different situation. But um, you know, I've, I'm not giving people things that they don't understand. I, w- I want you to know what you're paying for. You're going to pay enough money for this legal work. You should understand why we're doing it.
0: Well, I'm looking forward to this conversation today because one of the things that I hear The thing I hear most from people when I'm out and about in the community about Biz Radio is first and foremost, people feel like they're not so alone in in entrepreneurship. (laughs) By listening to the station, they're like, oh, thank God. There's other people going through what I'm going through and they learn so much. They've had the same problem. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And the other thing that I hear from a lot of people is I've always thought about maybe starting a business, either as a mainline thing or as a side thing, and they never had the courage to do it. But now, after listening to Biz Radio, they're like... I'm thinking I'm going to actually do it, and today's episode is a perfect um, piece of, of of required listening because you're going to go through very fundamental. Here are the legal steps to start your business, and I and I love that, especially for all those people out there who are. Um, you know, very close to becoming entrepreneurs themselves. Or maybe people have had a business and they want to start another one, but they want to start this one better than they started their last one.
1: (laughs) Yeah, interesting take. Uh, So we're not talking about uh, sole proprietorships here. So someone who's just going to go out and, uh, you know, repair, repair cars uh, out under the the shade tree mechanic, they call it. We're not talking about that. So, what, yeah, This is what starting without-
0: an actual business, legal structure and, right. and all of that kind of stuff and operating right. agreements, everything else. And, right. and so um, where I see this happen is people that have maybe worked in a corporate setting for a while, maybe as an accountant or as an HR manager or something, and they go to start their own firm. You know, uh,
1: that's that's a guy I spoke with this morning to the exact thing.
0: Oh, well, there you go. Well, let's get right into it. We're going to go through the steps, the legal steps to starting your functional business. Go ahead.
1: So there's there's, uh, five steps we're going to talk about. Some of them are quick and easy. Some of them take a little bit more thought. Uh, And I do help my clients with all five of these steps. I might not do them for the client, but I have prepared these excellent FAQ sheets, I call them. frequently asked questions that give them step-by-step instructions on how to do some of these. They can do it themselves. Uh, First thing we're going to talk about though is determine what form you want your business to be. Generally accepted forms now are corporation or limited liability company. Generally, I don't care which one people choose. They both give liability protection to the business, which is a big reason we have corporations. Which form they choose, is it's going to be mostly tax-driven. So talk to your CPA about it. If the CPA says I want them to be in this form or the other form, that's fine with me. I, I could do liability protection with either one. Um, or if they have business partners or potential investors, they might want a particular form of the business. So when you're working with your investors, with your co-founders, uh, with your CPA, figure out if you should be a corporation or a limited liability company. And then we go from there. I sit down with my clients and, okay, we're going to do a corporation. We're going, we're going to do a limited liability company. Here's, here's the things you need to consider.
0: All right. And um, I know that you work closely with people in things like insurance and CPAs and things like that. How, how involved should other parties be like a CPA, tax attorney, things like that in this stage?
1: Uh, bring them in at the beginning because people will ask me, should I be a corporation or a limited liability company? I get that question a million times mm-hmm. and the response is always, what, what does your CPA say? So the CPA should be involved at the beginning, uh, stage of starting the business and also commercial insurance. We we all work together to get, make your business successful, um, the commercial insurance company is going to tell you what what the liability rates are for your particular profession and you know whether or not you need to be formed up they might even tell you uh, hey we need we need these contracts to be in place i just had that with a commercial insurance uh agent that i work with she had a client where they ne- the insurer needed to see certain cl- contracts in place so we all work together to get you what you need
0: All right. And, you know, and you have, if people don't have a CPA already, everything, you have people that you've worked with that you can refer.
1: 100%. That's how we do it in Nashville. All right. People. Um,
0: Registering with the state. And, um, you know, like you said, uh, we're talking about, you know, establishing, um, you know, an organizational business, not so much sole proprietorship, which can be a lot different when it comes to registering with state. Some people that are sole proprietors may just go down to the courthouse and file a DBA you right. know, and pay the 20, 30 bucks, whatever it is. But um talking about registering with the state as a, as a full business that's going to have employees and all that. Let's talk about that.
1: The registering with the state, the short answer, it's a form and a fee. Uh, the longer answer is I, I will, I actually have just, they're literally cut paste instructions on how to register with the state. And the, these, um, these five things we're talking about, these are all legal requirements. You really can't skip one, but the easiest one to do besides getting a EIN numbers register with the state. It's a form and a fee. You give them your name, you give them your corporate address, you sign it, you pay the fee, and as long as the check clears, I've been told, you'll be registered with the state.
0: All right, there we go. And um, the, the next thing, and sometimes with registering with the state, especially this kind of goes with the first two steps that you've talked about, um, you may be required to have a board, um you may need the the bylaws and things like that in place, so the right. next step talking about bylaws and operating agreements et cetera
1: uh they're legally required by statute uh, it but they don't tell you what form you need they're sort of standardized forms for bylaws and operating agreements that I work with that I've developed over uh you know thirty years of doing this um An operating agreement can literally be. One sentence on a piece of paper. I've seen the operating agreement for Chrysler LLC, and that's it's like 140 pages. It's not something you want to read if you don't have if you're not getting paid to. But to back up to one of our earlier podcasts, bylaws and operating agreements are actually contracts. They're contracts amongst the owners as to how the business will be operated, and we're not going to dig into it on this episode. But there's different different levels of decision making in in um, corporations or LLCs. So bylaws and operating agreements. Really, that's that's where I get deeply involved with the partners, with the business owners. Um, who's going to make what decisions? Who who gets to go out and buy the raw materials or sign a contract for fifty thousand dollars? Who has that authority? So that's that's really the nitty gritty of what I do when I help people start a new business is drafting the bylaws or and operating agreements. And again, they're they're contracts. Let's get them written down so there's no misunderstanding.
0: All right. And um people may say, well, you know, if I went ahead and created a corporation or an LLC, I've registered with the state. Uh you're not done registering. You have to register with tax authorities.
1: And this I've have, I've have, I link people to this. This is something they do themselves. Um and if this is one of my FAQs, I'll send my new business owners. You have to get a EIN number, employer identification number from the IRS. It's just a social security number for your business. Um, it's click the button, fill in the name, click another button, and it, it gets generated. Not to bore anybody, but when I first started doing this, you had to fill out the form using a typewriter and mail it to the IRS. And three weeks later, they would mail you back a letter. Now it's instantaneous. You get your EIN, and then you have to register with the North Carolina Department of Revenue for your state taxes and your employment taxes. I don't think you even pay for it. So those aren't even a form and a fee. Those are just a form.
0: It's just filling it's, it out, sending it in.
1: Fill it out, click, you don't send it in, you click the button. Oh,
0: there you go. There you go. (laughs) I was going to tell you, you know, um, typewriters have made a comeback. I don't know if you knew that or not.
1: (laughs) There's, as an aside, because it's Asheville and this is how things roll in Asheville, there's a guy named Eddie Ariel that just pops up around town and he sits in bars or music festivals with a typewriter. And if you give him a donation, he'll type you a short poem. So you have this sort of typewritten old timey looking poem and (laughs) he'll just make up the poem.
0: I love it. All right, so um, uh, th- then people have a record, a, a written, typed uh, record of that event, and that is my—that's yeah. my attempt at a segue to the next step, which is creating and maintaining records, corporate records.
1: Corporate record is actually—it's a—it's a legal requirement. It's in the statute, but uh, and there's certain things that go into a corporate record. And, and again, I just—I have an FAQ sheet that I just send out to my new clients. All the stuff we just talked about goes into your corporate record your registration as a corporation or an LLC, your bylaws, any resolutions that get drafted along the way, all your tax documents, that's part of the corporate record. And we do this because it's it's a good practice. It shows that the corporation has a separate legal existence different than the owners of the corporation so that if there is a dispute, a legal dispute, we can show the court, look judge, we're we're doing all these things as a corporation. It's not the individuals, it's the corporation that the liability stops at the corporation. It doesn't extend through to the individuals. And to talk about a different podcast we did, when it comes to somebody buying the business, you show them the corporate record, and it's just one more thing that shows that this is a well-run business. All the records are in order, who's the shareholders, what the resolutions are. Uh, So there's no disputes down the road as to, Ownership or actions that the corporation may have taken.
0: You know, and we said at the beginning of this episode that we're not really talking about people who decide to, you know, kind of go it alone, a solopreneur type thing, sole proprietorship, right. um, and that they may go down to the courthouse and just file a DBA and then, you know, right. th- separate their accounting as best as possible, personal and business and things like that. But for people that are sole proprietors that have been operating that way f- under a DBA or just under their social, you know, under their social or something like that. If they get to a point where they want to go ahead and they want to scale up their business and expand it into more of a legal entity structure, these are the same steps for them to take, even if they've been doing their sole proprietorship business for a number of years, correct?
1: Yeah. And if if they're bringing in someone to work with them as, uh, generically speaking, a partner, uh, although that's a legal term of art, but if they're bringing in a partner that they're going to start growing the business, the partner wants to know what's been going on in the meantime and that they're not buying into any unforeseen liabilities. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So um it's it's it seems like it's a lot of information at first but it is a very very checklist kind of procedure for people to go through. Uh, so if people are listening to this and they're like, okay, um, at the beginning of it, we said, oh, this is great. We're just going to go through, the. here are the steps. And then they hear all this and, and there's a lot of, you know, government agencies register this and in this, it may sound a little bit overwhelming. But again, it is a very checklist kind of thing, an order of things to just go through. Uh, what's the best way for people to get in touch with you to start that process? Even if, if it does sound intimidating to them, it doesn't have to be. You've got it locked down to it. really... It's a, a, just a, syst- a systemic kind of um, checklist to go through.
1: Yeah, and I, I've got to do this, do this, do this, one, two, three, four, five. And as long as the North Carolina Secretary of State doesn't change their process on their website, my <laughs> instructions are <laughs> usually pretty good. But they, they do every now and then institute a, you know, there's one more screen that you have to click through. Um, but I, I hand those step-by-steps to, to the clients once they hire me. The best way to get in touch with me is my website is palermolaw.com. And There's a contact me button, or you can email me directly, palermo at palermolaw.com.
0: Michael, always a pleasure, and thank you for taking the time to sit down with us and uh, really enjoy the Biz Law series. And again, uh, people should check out your blog on your website as well. Lots of very useful information there on all kinds of business law categories. Thanks, Matt. All right, appreciate it. Thank you for listening. If you liked what you just heard, be sure
1: to subscribe to the podcast, and be sure to visit bizradio.us to find hundreds of other engaging conversations, local events, and more.